and welcome to Keanu Club, like a cool breeze over the mountains. This is episode 76, Destination Wedding, from 2018. I'm Mike Manzi. And I'm Joey Lewandowski. And Mike, I also want to give the alternate title for this film, A Narcissist You Can't Die Because Then the World Would End. That is the alternate title for this very weird little film. But, you know, this is our fourth team-up between Keanu and Winona. But the first one that we're talking about since the Cage Club Podcast Network launched its very own Winona Ryder podcast. So we had to bring in the two women who are going to be talking about this movie in years? I don't know how long. A long time (laughs) from now. But we have to bring in Lindsay and Rekka from the Winona Forever podcast. Hello, guys. Hi. Hi. Hey, welcome. Thank you both for joining us. Of course. Thank you. We have been collectively, I think, looking forward to this since it was sort of like, it wasn't quite a Beyonce album drop (laughs) in that like she just released it. But what I saw on IMDb was that they didn't announce this until they had finished filming. So like nobody knew it existed until it was basically almost done, like until they were starting to edit it, which is kind of unheard of, I think, in today's society, which is also kind of exciting. You got to be like a Cloverfield movie for that to happen these days, but not this type of film but that's cool nice yeah i mean the advertisements for this movie were so ex- like not just the trailer and everything but all the stuff leading up to it all the interviews between them just like really made it very exciting by the time i finally got to see the movie <laughs> i was hoping it would be like something like something's gotta give like something like kind of an enjoyable romantic comedy that's kind of formulaic mm-hmm that's definitely what I was expecting out of this movie, you know? Yeah. Like, I thought it was just... And that was, you know, not really... It didn't really have the highest of high expectations. I mean, I knew I was going to love it because Keanu and Winona are in it. But when it revealed itself to be what it was, more of this sort of existential comedy, like, almost as if we're watching a filmed play. Yeah. yeah. Like, I really enjoyed sort of the uh, the twist about this. Well, it's not a real twist, but, like, you know, I really enjoyed what this movie actually was. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's just you don't get a lot of it these days, especially with stars like of this caliber. Yeah, I agree. I expected it to be a formula romantic comedy, which I thought like I would just like as like a fun, fluffy thing. But yeah, it had a lot more going on than I expected. And I did feel like at least the first half, I felt like, okay, this is like a play. And it made me question like throughout, I thought, okay, I'm enjoying this, but I'm not sure if I'm right in enjoying it. (laughs) I was like the opposite, like throughout, I did not enjoy it. And I was like, why do I have to do this? Oh, no. (laughs) Well, Rekka, you have to do it again, too. So get ready (laughs) for that. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Maybe you'll change your mind in like a year when we have to talk about it again. Maybe it's like a second watch thing. I don't know if I can sit through another watch. Like, it was just oh, like... Oh, no. Have you seen before these Before Sunset movies? Mm-hmm. No, I have not. The whole movie is a conversation between two people, essentially. Right. Yeah, which is totally what this is. Yeah. But, like, it's like a bad version of that. I don't know. Like, <laughs> that one works a little better because it's real time, almost. It's, and it's well written. <laughs> and they're likable characters, right? For the most part, like... Well, yeah, that's that too. Like, you, you're, you, you have to face these characters that are just, you know, kind of despicable. And you have to, you have to figure out how to like them over the course of whatever, an hour and a half. And right. It's hard. It um, is. <laughs> I I found it hard to like them too, but I feel like there was a midway point where, like I said at the beginning, I was like, I like this, but I feel like I shouldn't. Like, I'm not sure if the acting is bad or if it's just that it's like a play, so it's 
right. stilted in a weird way. And then halfway, I was like, I'm on board. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of the early going, at least, depends upon you liking Kiona and Winona as actors. Wait, Kiona? Kiona. Kiona. <laughs> what is Kiona? I love it. Oh, man. If that's their, that's their, their Hollywood. The, yeah. uh, maybe that's their married name because we, you know, we talked about yeah. right. their press releases leading up to this. But, yeah. you know, they, they might actually be married from the set of Dracula. Right. And Francis Ford yeah. Coppola's Dracula. And even Uncle Francis came out and said that maybe that's possibly true. <laughs> Uncle Francis. But I feel like to enjoy this movie, I think you need to really like Keanu and Winona. And if you don't, I, I can see you being really turned off, even from the very first scene where they're just like bickering yeah. in the airport. And I don't know that Keanu is necessarily great here. I mean, like we, we kind of like romantic Keanu in some things. I think action Keanu works a lot better, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as reflected in our Golden Hot Dogs award show that we did on the show earlier. But I do like their friendship, if not their chemistry. It's clear that they just are having fun being together, at least on set. Yeah. And I think that that is interesting. I don't know that I'm going to watch this movie again. Again, but I think it was fun because, like, about five or six minutes in, I was like, "Oh, I really hope no one else in this movie has any lines," and that was yeah. true. Like, I was, I had, my, I had my fingers crossed like the entire time. Like, there's other dialogue, you know, from like you know people whispering or whatever, mm-hmm. or there's the TV noise or whatever. But the only, like, the, it seems like the only written dialogue in this entire script are Keanu and Winona, and that's. Right cool in that way like is that true of the before trilogy two or other people talking those oh in the third movie there's definitely different people they're interacting with okay. like, a, a, like a brunch or something they're at someone's house but i think for the first two movies they they keep to they stick to that rule and and that's when i knew i was 100 percent with this movie when i was like wow like they're really sticking to their guns here like we're never going to meet his brother his mother like his stepdad <laughs> yeah. his stepmother like all this stuff and like we're gonna just get like these they're just gonna like reveal these weird things about themselves in such like a nonchalant sort of like over themselves like just over it way like can we find out Keanu got shot by his dad and then his dad jumped out of a seven-story window like it's insane what we hear the delivery what do you think about the delivery though for me I kind of like the way they're both playing it like Keanu is basically like stoic like he's non-reactive and and uh, Winona is like very reactive like she's got these great facial expressions and she's very nuanced and she's like moving her arms a lot and stuff so I like how they're playing off each other almost as like a vaudeville thing yeah and I, I felt like from that first shot of Keanu on the bed doing that thing with his ear I was like okay we're getting comedy Keanu like it's not gonna be slapsticky but I feel like he knows what he's doing in this movie like I feel like even if it's not working for everybody I feel like they know you know what they're up against and what they have to do it's a it's a pretty heavy task too but I feel like they pull it off yeah <laughs> me too I but at, at, for the first half I was like I I like this but I'm not sure if I should like I'm not sure if it's bad because I did feel like I was watching Keanu in particular and going is he doing kind of the stuff that he did in like Bram Stoker's Dracula or something like that where you were like oh the acting's not great I probably haven't seen enough Keanu movies to relate it to too many other things but like I know Keanu's a good actor but there's some roles that he does that you're like I can't really defend this the way he's doing it and I wasn't sure if this was going to be that way too but again I don't know if like I don't know if this was filmed in order but there's something about the second half where I feel like they get into a groove and seem more together or something there's one scene I like where like Winona's lying on the bed and she's like talking to herself or talking to the plant to the plant I love that scene. that was a good scene <laughs> 
That was fun. So you like you like the Winona alone scene. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the other scenes are just too staged. I mean, they're just something like they're just trying to get through their their lines. They know all the words, and that's good. But like, I was so distracted by her trying to like get that piece of chocolate out. Like, why couldn't she just break that Toblerone bar? open or whatever and get that chocolate like Keanu took it and ate the chocolate nicely but she was playing around with it it was so distracting I don't know I didn't give it five stars you know I gave it four stars because I feel like it is packed it's overpacked like I don't remember half the shit they said to be quite honest but I knew like it was funny in the moment and I was having a great time but there is a bit too much going on here it needs a lot more air Wait, you think there's too much going on here? Well, well, no, well, well, yeah, like, (laughs) I know that sounds crazy. I just think they talk too much, basically, is what I'm saying. But I think that's what you have to do, because there's not a lot going on. Like, I think if you make the decision to only have a movie where two people are talking, and they're not talking... Yeah, but even in the before series, it adds, like, a sense of levity or gives you some time to just sort of relax like everyone takes a breath and maybe they just sort of like stare at each other from across a cup of coffee or yeah take a pause you know be awkward or like struggle to find your words but it's so easy for them to find their words it's unbelievable like it's just but i think maybe that's the point yeah I think that's the comedy edge for me is that they're just like vomiting all this stuff about themselves to each other and they're strangers and I think in a way the reason they always have the words I think I think the not the point of the movie but it's like these two seemingly unmatchable people that they're both to the world like these like undesirables in some way like they're perfect for each other and I think that's why they always have the words of the ready because I think this movie for whatever reason is saying these two are sort of meant to be together they even talk about that you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. I think that it feels like the banter is scripted or you know is like a play or whatever because I feel like to the rest of the world they can't connect but to each other they do and I think that there's something to be said there. I mean, maybe that could be articulated better, but I don't mind that they don't stop talking, or I don't mind that there's not really a pause, or I don't mind that they, you know, just keep, that there's, they always have the words of the ready, and they're always, like, bickering and witty, bantering back and forth. Like, I think, in a sense, that works well, because they have essentially been, you know, Winona was left at the altar, right, by the guy that who then invited her to his wedding. And Keanu has basically, I mean, he was, he was shot by his father. And then he seems like whether it was his choice or his family's choice has consciously uncoupled from his family. So like they're outsiders. And I think the fact that they found each other, you know, it is sort of, it's a movie trope, I guess, like this like perfect, in a weird way, like Cinderella wedding or Cinderella relationship or whatever, even though they are both nightmares and disasters and like nobody else wants to be with them. But I don't mind that they have such like, you know, that the way that, the way that we see everything go down because I think it works for the way that the characters are tied to one another. I think that, like, yeah, they could be openly horrible to each other because they're both kind of horrible people. So, I don't know. That worked for me. Because I also don't think, and I mean, this might be, I don't mean this to be a criticism, but I don't think this movie is trying to be a great movie. Like, I think what Richard Linklater makes the Before Trilogy, which I still haven't seen that, so those are like the three, three of the movies that, like, I've been meaning to see and I just haven't for whatever reason. I know that I'm going to love them. It's almost like I'm waiting for the right time or whatever. But anyway, I don't think that this movie is trying to be great. I think when he makes those movies, he's trying to make movies that, like, withhold the test of time and that are going to be great. I think, like, all of 
of like he's sort of he's making these movies you know even if they're sort of improv or sort of like loosey-goosey or whatever they're made for a reason i feel like this one is just like let's have keanu and winona just get together and just have fun on screen and i feel like it's for it's not supposed to be like a great movie i think it's just supposed to be like an entertaining movie and i think that that's why it's not necessarily trying to give you these like meditative pauses or something like could this be a better movie sure i don't think it's bad i just think that like it's going for entertainment as opposed to like meditative thought right but i think it takes it like a really difficult approach to entertainment like is it entertaining like it was kind of a struggle because you miss half the stuff it felt like more like a playwright's approach it like i expected it to be more just fun and whatever but it it really wasn't that yeah, I started to get sort of like a farcical almost tone out of everything, like especially in the first half of this, where they're almost like mocking the style of the play and everything and the, like, the idea of what they're doing. But then they really sort of go for it in the second half. And I mean, they have that encounter with the mountain lion and then their moment after, you know, the movie almost switches. Exactly. The sex scene here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, we're going to have to talk about that in the tea-sipping scene in a moment there. Tea-sipping. Well, yeah, well, (laughs) sipping tea, we'll get to that. (laughs) Miss McGill. But, like, that's what I was thinking initially. I was like, oh, like, it's not an outright comedy. It's more like a dark comedy thing if you're into... I'm not, like, super into plays or anything, but I like what I see from time to time. And I was like, okay, this sort of feels like they're mocking that style at first. Uh, But then in the second half, it's like, oh, they're so good at this style because the tone is sort of lightened up a little more. They're together now and they're a little happier and everything. And it's working a a little better for me. So I I found that interesting. Yeah, I think the mountain lion was where it switched for me too. And where I was like, okay, like I don't have to think about whether this is good or not while I'm watching it. (laughs) Like I'm just just into it. (laughs) And also that scene gives us the immoral line that Winona says, there's kelp at or near my vagina, which I didn't think I would ever hear anyone say ever, let alone Winona Ryder in a movie. I wrote down a lot of lines too. I liked this one does not appear to have a working notch, which was when Keanu was trying to open her bag of pretzels or whatever on the plane. This one does not appear to have a working notch. I mean, I mostly just wrote down quotes because there's just, like we've talked about, there's not a lot happening. It's just a lot of things that are being said. But I mean, even from the very beginning, like, you know, Mike, you mentioned Keanu doing the ear thing, the throat thing, whatever. But we didn't talk about Winona trying to literally breathe life back into her plants, her dying, dying plants. She says, come on, photosynthesis. Like, she's trying to, like, literally breathe life back into this. Isn't isn't that, like, it's bad, though, right? You're not supposed to breathe on plants because it's, like, CO2, right? Like, it's not oxygen. It's not a thing. Like, it's, yeah, I was just, I was just, it made me uncomfortable. (laughs) Does it surprise anyone that Winona's not necessarily great at taking care of plants in this movie? Oh, no, She seems like, yeah, she's bad at taking care of herself. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, I felt like the movie in those two shots set these characters up, like, enough for me in two shots with those actions that I just was like, okay, I can settle into this. (laughs) I'm good with this. I also like that I don't know that they necessarily really grow. I think they grow a little bit, but I think starting from absolutely detesting one another to sort of understanding that they either are going to die alone or learn to tolerate each other. I think that's like an interesting growth, but I have a couple 
quotes written down early on where they're at the airport the very first scene and Winona's like you can't board early unless you have a special need do you have a special need he says yes I need to be over there and just walks away from her but then a little bit later you know when they get to the hotel when they get to the destination wedding the the titular destination and Winona walks into his room at the adjoining room and she says I thought this was my closet and Keanu just says are you expecting a response of some kind wrong I thought this was my closet. Are you expecting a response of some kind? No. Uh, I see now that there is a bolt on the door, so we should use it. Yep. He's so blunt and he's so yeah. mean to her for no reason. But also, I think Winona is being like adorably endearing in these early scenes, but also like really annoying, like annoyingly endearing in, in a way. But I think that if you're in a world, you have to deal with her. She's a lot to handle. Yeah. And the amount she talks, like they talk to each other a lot, but she probably does most of the talking. He just responds in like a negative way because he maybe wants her to shut up and also is just kind of a grumpy guy but yeah for sure and they're both annoying (laughs) but she overcompensates by talking a lot yeah i think like she's annoying and he's just kind of an asshole like they're both unlikable in different ways but they kind of complement one another in that they aren't both overly chatty. Like, you can't have that, I don't think. Like, I think that you have to have the one who just doesn't want to hear any of it and the other one who can't stop, can't help but say <laughs> right. all of it. Right. You know what I mean? Or even, like, when, you know, when they get up to the mountain lion and Winona is complaining about how she can't walk uphill in these heels. He's like, take it off. She's like, no, I just got... Or no, no, they're, go, they're walking up to the wedding or whatever, right? And she's like, I can't show up to the wedding with 30 feet. I just got the foot massage, blah, blah, blah. And then she eventually convinces him to carry her, but not before... For he asked, how much do you weigh? I don't want to shed my mortal coil. Then tells her about her high specific gravity. And then after she finally gets him to do what she wants, she doesn't really say thank you. She just says, this is the slowest I've ever been carried. Yeah. Which says a lot of things like, how many times have you been carried, yeah. number one? Why would you say that? I guess, you know, she's going to say it the whole time. But just, like, what do you hope to get out of that? You know what I mean? Like, why say that? But it's 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 delightful. That was one of the best facial expressions from her, too. She was just so, like... Like, unimpressed with the way he was carrying her. Uh, oh, see? God. Stuff like this. I laughed so much. Also, when they do get to the mountain lion and she just can't stop saying, maybe it's a lynx. Maybe it's a, like, cougar or whatever. Cougar, yeah. Like, even way after they've left it, she's like, maybe it was this. Ah, uh, so funny. <gasps> Holy shit, Frank, what is that? I think it's a mountain lion. Could it be a jaguar? I don't know. I'm not a zookeeper. <gasps> It's too big for an ocelot or a bear cat, but too small for a panther, I think. What the fuck difference does it make what it is? It's a fucking predator cat. A cougar, maybe? Oh, Jesus Christ. I don't know what you're worried about. It's going to go for me. Why? I saw a thing. They pick out the smallest of the herd. We're not a herd. We're wedding guests. I'm telling you, you're safe if you just run. You run. I'll stay here and fight. Yeah, but I'm not a sprinter. I run for distance, so it it gives me a certain clarity. Yes, all right. You run. I'll stay here and fight. How about if we both run and nobody stays here and fights? Neither of us can outrun a cheetah. It's not a fucking cheetah. We're not in Africa. But also, when I ran, I think it's sad. Oh, they won't even hear a scream. I hate those people. But what does everybody think of the sex scene? Rekka. I want to know what Rekka thinks. I have a note. All it says is, sex scene awful. Oh! (laughs) Awful. You want to know my note? Best sex scene ever. (laughs) That's my note. I wrote, like, maybe in cinema history. Yes. It is the best. 
I loved it. Like, I was getting so uncomfortable watching it, but I couldn't stop cracking up. Oh, I wasn't cracking. That's what made it so good was that it was like the most (sighs) awkward. And that's what it would be in a weird field with a person that you kind of hate. (laughs) And like, oh my God, it was the best. (laughs) And when she was screaming like, no, the the no thing. I was like, oh my God, this is like so overwritten. (laughs) Right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, it goes over the top. I mean, definitely, like, they're screaming like, you know, jungle animals by the end of it all. (laughs) But for me, this, I'm really glad that this, a scene like this occurred Mm -hmm. because, like, I was really going, like, I was feeling the love-hate relationship. Like, part of it for me was, like, yes, Winona may be more annoying and Keanu's meaner, but, like, I really feel like they are playing each other in a way like they're like I feel like she's amping it up like she's being more annoying than usual because she might be attracted to him and and he's doing the same and this like solidifies that and then later their great conversation in bed when they're sort of describing each other and what they think about each other like that's a really great scene too so like I just got the sense that there were you know there's like this physical thing and then like they start talking to each other they're on each other's nerves but like they're really sort of just testing each other and so this was just like the climax of that for me and it was just so ridiculous and in character like I'm just so glad they didn't get tender and find a barn or like it started raining and all this bullshit (laughs) like it's just they stayed in character and that was just so great for me well I mean he kisses her and she just says what the fuck Frank like like, that's you can't go anywhere but you know like that's just such an incredible way I also see like you know why Rekka or whoever might be you know bothered by all of this but I just like that they're so just, I guess, transparent with their feelings. Like, they're both, like, just essentially dead inside. You know, I think it was Winona who said, I haven't felt pleasure since 2006, or maybe it was Keanu, and the other one says, at times I feel the absence of pain, which is almost like pleasure, or like pleasure's cousin. (laughs) Like, it's just, they're both, you know, they haven't felt, like, anything. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, even if what they're making each other feel is anger or annoyance or frustration, it feels like they're more feelings they've had in a decade or more. Yeah, and I liked that it's just generally awkward with them, like, trying to take off their underwear or whatever they're, like, whatever she's taking off, like, he's taking off his pants, like, it's all just... And then also them, like, talking through it, the entire thing, like, they're, like Mike said, there's no, like, romantic moment where it gets, like, quiet and they're in a barn or something. It's mm-hmm. just, like, they're outside and they just keep talking like they've been talking nonstop. Yeah, it's very casual. I also like that they climax at different times because that's just more realistic, too. So anyway, it just, it was like half I loved it because it was realistic and half I loved it because it was just like weird and funny. (laughs) Yeah, I think something about it being more on the realistic side made Mm -hmm. it like weird and funny because it's just, you don't see that so often. Exactly. So Rekka, you didn't like any part of it. I expected, I thought maybe you'd like that part. (laughs) So what it was, what really set me off was like when they were talking about the officiant and they're like, the officiant's pansexual. And then they started like being like super transphobic. And then I was like, I was like, I hate these people so much. I don't care about them. I feel like that was a misstep, and I also feel like Keanu referencing Kristallnacht, it was just like these weird, like, you can make them annoying and assholes, but I feel like they cross a couple lines like that, that just, 
almost make them irredeemable. When he was talking about like Winona's like conservative look or whatever, I was like, who wrote this? A 50 year old like man? But yes, that's true. A 50 year old man did write this. Like, or whatever, like an older like white man. So I'm like, okay, this is like a perspective of an older white man. Well, yeah. because he even like, because yeah, Keanu criticizes her early on for being like the politically correct police or yeah. whatever, right? Like yeah. her job, which it's almost like he's like, okay, what is the most annoying job? Like what bothers me the most? Oh, being told I can't say what I want to say. Right, exactly. And then, like, how could that translate into a job? Because that's not really a job. It's like, oh, okay, I get it. I can absolutely say that's, I think that's a really valid criticism because there are things, like, I feel like you could make them, like, there are so many annoying jobs. There are so many annoying jobs. There's so many annoying things that you could, like, talk about with, you know, with the officiant or whatever, because it is, you know, in if you are a traditionalist, it's weird to just see, like, people who aren't, like, you know, a minister or a priest or whatever officiate a wedding, but you don't have to, like, take down, you know... Like a whole culture for it, right? Yeah. Like, you could, you could do so many different things that it feels not lazy, but, like, specifically critical of things that, like, we shouldn't really be critical of. Yeah. You know, it's just... I, I totally see where you're coming from there. I definitely wrote down when Keanu made a jab at her career when she said, like, when he said, did you expect to be a reverse fascist or whatever when you grew up? I was like, yeah, no, I don't like this guy and then yeah there was a lot of moments like that where they just like it was mostly him that said like some jab like that and i was like oh why did they have to throw this in like otherwise yeah i enjoyed them but whenever they had those moments i was like no you're ruining it actually i, I want to get Rekka's take on this because i don't know if this is like again not not pc or actually kind of empowering in a way Mm -hmm. but they talk when they're having sex about how they missed every sexual revolution right and Keanu's like I missed all of them he's like I missed the first one I missed the one after Tinder I missed the one after Caitlyn Jenner which feels either like okay we're now free as a culture to do what we want or it also sort of seems like a knock on transgender people like I don't know like is that a good line or is that a bad line I I don't think it's a great line i think because he's already said like transphobic comments it's got to be like Mm. something targeted towards like caitlin jenner you know like saying it's a sexual revolution it's just like her being her right it's it's not a sexual revolution her life so yeah it's kind of fucked up just in general i feel like you can have unlikable characters without them being this mean yeah like i feel like that was definitely a, a misstep is like tone that down and she was so mean to that old woman that her you know that man remarried and she's like you can't you can't date at 78 you can't like you you can't have a boyfriend at 78 or something it's like what what is this like weird ageism yeah it does seem at points like they're going a step beyond necessary so that is weird i i i do knock this movie for those those moments mm-hmm. yeah no i definitely agreed with that that was the stuff that i was like ugh, why do you have to ruin it and then like part of Part of me felt like the movie was like some sort of like cheap Woody Allen movie because it had this yes. like Italian yes. music going on and these titles, like these old movie titles. Oh, the credits. Yeah, oh. absolutely. Well, that's where I got sort of like the parody element from. I thought they were making fun of Woody Allen for doing that all the time. And and the music, I, I actually like the music a lot, so I can't really oh. <laughs> claim to that. But I was getting, I was definitely getting that vibe, though, that they're sort of saying, oh, there are serious versions of these movies out there, but this isn't one of those, but I guess that's how I took it. I like the music. I don't think the music was, like, great. I think it was good, but I think there was one incredible, not really needle drop, but when they're at the 
very, very end, and Keanu is watching his political TV and just, you know, basically wanting to die. And he's sort of like slowly unpacking all the things he's stolen from the hotel. And then he picks up the chocolate bar and the music swells there. I was like, oh, that's kind of perfect. Like, it doesn't have to be like any kind of music, but like that's their music. You know what I mean? And like for him to pick up the chocolate bar and for the music to kick back in there, and then it sort of carries the rest of the movie until he goes to her door and, you know, they end the movie together again. We talked a lot about in Watch the Throne, Mike, about how like, you know, you've you've mentioned how Robert Rodriguez does like the the one song that sort of carries through the entire movie, right? And I feel like here, in that same sort of way, this is like their kind of theme and just like seeing the chocolate bar and reminding being reminded of her, that's when the music kicks in and he like has these good question mark memories again. Yeah, yeah. The music definitely worked worked for me. Um Maybe that's where I was getting the more lighthearted sort of vibe from it, because without that music, like this would definitely feel like a different movie to me. Like I would pick up a lot more on the negative aspects and the negativity being spewed by them. And like, whereas in this part, I kind of just find them ridiculous because you got like this like light jazz playing beneath them as they're spitting vitriol toward each other. And I just like can't take them seriously. So like, I think it helped for me uh, sort of along those lines. Yeah, to lighten it up, I guess. I do like that they both coin different weirdo terms, that he coins uh, the folds of Aphrodite. And you have the folds of Aphrodite. What are the folds of Aphrodite? That's the name of the particular graceful way that the cheeks of beautiful women arrange themselves when they smile. There's a gentle creasing that begins at the cheekbone and runs downward in a slightly arc diagonal, directing the eye to the mouth. It's aesthetically drilling. Well, uh, I've never heard the term holds of Aphrodite. I coined it. And she coins maybe, you know, the most gift-worthy scene in this entire movie, the groove <laughs> chew. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do a groove chew. I'm sorry. It's a style of chewing used when you're really enjoying something that you don't have very often. Like this. <clears throat> this is a thing i coined it which is just you know that thing that you don't really eat too often but when you do you're just so into it and she's just like it's sexual in a goofy way kind of right like i don't know how better to describe Lindsay and Rekka, you've seen way more winona than i have how would you describe the groove chew in winona terms in winona terms (laughs) like in terms of you know have you seen anything in the first 15 or 20 movies that would lead you to believe eventually she would coin the groove <laughs> chew and do this little dance on a bed? I, I'd say in, yeah, in Little Women, she eats an orange slice and it's there's some soul in it, you know? Mm. <laughs> there you go. She's feeling that orange. So I can see this. I love it. That's that Winona expertise we wanted. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was so goofy. That was this is the type of thing I like that they just would have like these random conversations about ridiculous things like and she could get him to do this like weird chewing thing. And for him, it was mostly in the arms like he was, I don't know, doing some weird octopus thing with his arms. I enjoyed scenes like that. I think the most defining line, and this is one of my last notes of the movie, the most defining line is like one of their last interactions, one of their last dialogue exchanges. One of them says, there are other people in the world. The other just says, there are? Like, in this movie, very not true. Like, there are other people around, but they don't matter. You know what I mean? Like, it feels like 
even after just three days or whatever, at least one of them has forgotten, like, oh, other people exist. Like, if, if, like their world is now the two of them or nothing at all. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I just like that that, like, again... You know, the the movie has problems, the movie is transphobic, the movie is maybe homophobic, whatever. But I think that there is something cute between the two of them that they are both unlikable souls unfit for anybody else except for each other. And I just sort of like that. Yeah, I get a real Misery Loves Company sort of, they, they deserve each other ending with their story there, like... They'll go off and they'll be together probably for the rest of this, you know. And uh, I also really liked how then they opened the door. They didn't say anything to each other. Like the movie just ended on like that nice sort of quiet look. Don't they sort of agree to like not see each other? Like that she's like, or, you know, he's saying that, you know, let's just let's extend it to around 730-ish when we land or whatever. And then she could turn him away or whatever, but I don't think it's going to happen. They say not to exchange information. And then she gets in the cab and she like yells her address at the cab driver. So I figured so Keanu could hear it. Right. And he's like, you don't just tell him your entire address. He's a random stranger. I'm like, Keanu, have you ever taken a cab anywhere in your life, this character? Like, where else are you going to tell them to go? (laughs) But, okay. Yeah, is that a thing? Like, you don't tell cab drivers your address? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about that either. I guess Keanu's character, Frank, gets dropped off like a block from his actual location every time he's going somewhere. I think that's all the notes that I have about this movie. Is there anything else that anybody wants to say? I mean, this is sort of a shorter episode, but like we've been talking about, not a lot happens, mm-hmm. and there's mm-hmm. a weird sort of chemistry between the two. You know, this is the fourth team of, like I said, there was Dracula, there was Pippa Lee, Keanu with a full chest tattoo, and there's also a Scanner Darkly, but this is the, the, the one by far that they interact with each other the most. And, you know, Mike, we were just talking about when we did Atomic Blonde for Watch the Throne, that we would love to see a Keanu, Charlize team up in, like, the genre that they both adhere to the best in terms of the action job like we've had a couple of those maybe fingers crossed we'll get you know this is sort of like a a bridge to that next you know reunion with him and a a a co-star and then maybe fingers crossed again we'll get a third him and sandra bullock team up you know what i mean like there's these actresses that keep popping up in his movies that he has undeniable chemistry with i think that i just want to see more of and sort of i could have liked this movie more but i think that this sort of scratches that itch that people might have been you know waiting for for the two of them Absolutely. Like, I think they've got great chemistry. I don't know if it's, it's not just me. I mean, you know, other people too are out there too. They think they have great chemistry, right? Like, I would love to see them do a lot more together. Like, I think she could show up in Bill and Ted 3. Like, she could totally show up in Bill and Ted 3 somewhere. Like, that would be great. And uh, Sandra Bullock again, like, I mean, could you imagine Sandra Bullock and Winona Ryder in a movie together? Like, let's get something going on with those two. Like, I don't think they've ever done a, a project. This was a lot of fun seeing them back on screen i've never seen a scanner darkly so maybe by the time we get to this movie in winona forever i'll have a full picture of all their work together a scanner darkly is definitely the weirdest of their team-ups well i like weird i'm not saying something considering dracula is a little weird and pippa lee's a little weird but this is like scanner darkly is definitely the weirdest of their team-ups are they even in a scene together in pippa lee i feel like they're different parts of the movie in Dracula and Scanner Darkly, they also played a couple, but they didn't have any scenes together in the private lives of Pippa Lee. So they're not, right. according to IMDb, according to the lore of IMDb, right. uh, okay. they don't share a scene together. Well, any, yeah, no, they're definitely uh, problematic characters, but I like the format of it and uh, the sex scene, obviously, was what won me over. <laughs> sure. Rekha, do you have any other notes or anything else you want to say about Destination Wedding before we do? There's a, there's a little bit of new Keanu news of sorts. Nothing, you know, groundbreaking, but... Uh, no, uh, I just look forward to seeing them in something else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Because this didn't work. 
Nah. I mean, I was glad. I was actually really happy to see, like, a lot of screen time for both of them. Because I haven't mm-hmm. seen them. Like, and, you know, but ultimately, like, the movie f- failed for me. But it's still nice to see them. It's like, oh, hi. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I can see a future. I don't think this is going to happen. But, like, Keanu's like, I only want to work with Winona, Charlize, and Sandra Bullock. Like, let's bring it on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like... <laughs> I mean, why not? Yeah. Lindsay, you have any other notes about Destination Wedding before you talk about... Do you have, like, a rough sense of when... How many movies has Winona been in? How many... Do you have... Do you know how many episodes you guys are going to do? Let me open up the episode guide. Oh, also, real quick, I don't know. This is so arcane and so convoluted that it probably interests no one but me. But the way that IMDb does its numbering, like, in terms of... Have you ever looked at the URL, like, imdb.com slash name slash... Then it's like NM, if it's a person, then it has a number. And so Cage is like 115. He's 115. But the way that they did it is they would take like I think the first block was like 40 actors, like Fred Astaire and like all, like all like the old, like the biggest actors of like the old generation. They put them all in and the group that they added was in alphabetical order. So they did like one through 40 or whatever. So if you look through them by last name, then there's another group, there's another group, there's another group. But roundabout way of saying that Keanu's number is 206, Winona 213. So they're obviously added in the same batch. And they're pretty close. I mean, they're, you know, in the hundreds of thousands of IMDb entries, they're only just seven apart from each other. So they are, in a way, connected, meant to be together. <laughs> Interesting. I had, that's such a weird yeah. fact. They're bad batch. Uh, Winona has probably less than 50 movies because Destination Wedding will be our episode 50. and But we threw in a few episodes of like TV shows or like music videos or something. Okay. So you are you, the most recent episode that you released, which will still be the most recent episode as this comes out, was episode 16. So in about 68 weeks, just over a year, a year oh no, like a year and a couple months, you'll be talking about this very movie again. So get excited. Oh, boy. Destination Wedding, <laughs> round two on Winona Forever. Yep, yep. Come back. Come back in a year. Maybe I'll be more forgiving. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Or, or maybe maybe I'll be pickier. Who knows? <laughs> we'll we'll meet in the middle. I want to see a sequel next year where uh, there it's their wedding and it's only from their perspective. Oh God! Oh God! Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> Mike, any other notes about Destination Wedding? I think for me, what won me over most was the format of it. Like, you know, I was definitely expecting a standardized rom-com, and I, and I didn't get one, and I, and I was happily blindsided by that. Like, now it's definitely got its problems for sure. And now that I see them, I don't know that I will definitely, like, rewatch this per se, but I mean, I felt like it's definitely worth one viewing. There's just kind of despicable characters to laugh at like that's what I was kind of like I wasn't with them as much as I was laughing at them you know so like that's how it worked for me for the most part so like if you if that sounds like something you'd be interested in sort of like a a play that's been filmed with Keanu and Winona then check it out I'm just glad that this you know we thought this might be like a theater movie and I know that Lindsay was a little bit bummed when I came up to Toronto a couple weeks ago and you know I think you were a little bit bummed that this wasn't in theaters but I'm just glad that we got to see it so soon we had such a long drought between Keanu movies and we just had Siberia which wasn't very good and this was a lot better there's a new trailer for replicas so maybe that's gonna happen soon I don't know it's supposed to have been out last month yeah if I'm not mistaken so 
But it looks like Destination Wedding is coming out on DVD in early November. So in about five or six weeks from when you're hearing this, if you listen to it as it comes out, it could be on DVD. I don't know. It doesn't look like, according to Amazon, it doesn't look like it's going to get a Blu-ray release, which sort of seems weird to, you know, release a movie in 2018 and not have a Blu-ray, just have a DVD. But I don't know. I'm just glad that after we had such a drought of Keanu, you know, we talk about Mike all the time about how many movies Cage puts out, that he's going to, you know, has six or seven or eight or whatever's going to be this year, that for Keanu, we had almost a year in between or more than a year in between, right? And here we get two in like two months, essentially, or three months, maybe. And we're going to get another one maybe soon. So that's kind of cool. You know, it's kind of funny, though. It looks like he stepped off the set of Siberia right onto the set oh, of yeah. Destination Wedding. It's the also exact off, same off John Wick, look. too, right? Like and John, and then yep. right into John Wick 3, because like, yeah. But I love it. It's a great look for him. The only other news that I have, quote unquote news, is that there's two other movies that I hadn't heard of that are on his IMDb that are listed, movies that are going to come up soon. One is called Always Be My Maybe. And another one, interestingly enough, although it's an action movie, it's not a drama, we talked about Before Sunrise, Before Sunset, Before Midnight, he's going to be in a movie called Past Midnight. So, you know, I thought it might be like a spiritual sequel to Before Midnight, but no, it's an action movie with no description yet. But Past Midnight and Always Be My Maybe, two movies that Keanu's going to be in at some point. I don't know when, but, you know, eventually. Any cast list on any of those? Let me take a look. There was one that had literally no information. Let's see here. Always Be My Maybe and Past Midnight. So Always Be My Maybe, a pair of childhood friends end up falling for each other when they grow up. Keanu Reeves, Charlene Yee, which she's way younger than him. Oh, so this looks like it's going to be... So this has a predominantly Asian cast. It has Charlene Yee, Randall Park, Daniel Day Kim from Lost, Ali Wong, James Saito. Like, it looks like there's a Michelle Buteau. Keanu couldn't be the same age as Charlene Yee, so... <laughs> no, no, that's not... Yeah, I'm trying to figure out who the childhood friend that grows up. Right. Maybe she plays a younger version? I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Okay. So two characters that are younger Veronica and younger Sasha. And then Veronica and Sasha are played by Michelle Buteau and Ali Wong. So maybe they grow up and fall in love and Keanu's just tangentially involved. I don't know. (laughs) He's also top billed on IMDb, though. Maybe that's just by... Oh, no, it's sort of by IMDb starting there. So he's just the biggest star in the movie. I don't know. He might not be the star of this movie. Right. Past Midnight has no information, except it's directed by Rick Famuyiwa. I don't know who this is. He directed Dope, which is great. Oh, okay. Promising. And it was written by TJ Fixman, which he's just a dude who writes Ratchet and Clank video games. So, okay. Cool. Okay. So that's that's Keanu's, you know, maybe next two-ish movies, but not a lot of information on either, but two more coming up at some point for us to see and then talk about here on Keanu Club. Looking forward to that Replicants if it ever gets out this year. Is it Replicants or Replicas? I don't care. I just want to see it. I just, I'm calling it Replicants from now on, and it's sci-fi Keanu, so I want it. It's Replicas officially. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's coming out in a month in Lithuania. Oh, no shit. Okay. Let's take a trip. Road trip. Lithuania. There we go. Well, thank you both. Thank you, Lindsay. Thank you, Rekka, for joining us here. Rekka, sorry that you didn't like the movie more. Sorry that you're going to have to watch it again in a year or so. <laughs> At least there's a year. (laughs) We mentioned it a bunch on this episode. It's the same sort of format as this show, but do you want to talk about Winona Forever a little bit? Like what inspired it? You know, what you hope to see? If there's anything that you're really looking forward to talking about, you know, that you haven't done yet or any, you know, past episodes that you think people should check out that they, if they, if they missed? Yeah. I mean, Winona Forever is, well, Lindsay approached me way, way back and said, hey, let's let's do a podcast. <laughs> okay, said, Lindsay, hey. maybe you should... Be, uh, can you... Yeah. What do you no, no, you? that's a good a description. But, okay. I knew that Rekka really, really loved Winona, and you were posting Winona Wednesday stuff on Facebook, and 
I think you did it enough times that I was like, okay, I should just ask. Oh, yeah. So now this comes out every other Wednesday. I think if you were to look back on some, maybe people listening to the Keanu episodes should listen to our Bram Stoker's Dracula. Oh, you had a very different take on Bram Stoker's Dracula than <laughs> exactly. we did. Exactly. Yes. Which one do you think people should listen to, Rekka? Um, Reality Bites. I think that was a, a good one. Yeah. With, with special guest Allison. I thought that was a, a fun a fun listen. And you also get to hear what Winona's one flaw is. Ooh, yes. According to you, <laughs> right? According yeah. to me. <laughs> yeah. Do you get into the origin of Audi 5000 in that episode? I think we did talk yeah, about that. Did. Yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> What I do like is that in a lot of ways, it's a spiritual sister podcast. That's because it's the same sort of thing, you know, going through the films chronologically. Obviously, there's been four crossovers. But to compare that to this podcast, where, like, from the very jump, Winona's in, like, all of the movies that you know about her and you associate yeah. her with. And for Keanu, it took, like, 20 episodes before, like, okay, cool, like an actual movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's start the show now. <laughs> I know. Like, there's, I mean, there's obviously good stuff early on, like, you know, shout out Flying, Dream to Believe. Oh, shout out uh, Brotherhood of Justice. Yeah, well, I mean, no. I I don't, I don't know. I don't know how good that is, but you know, but it just, it, it, Winona impressed me, you know, because I never really looked at her filmography, but like for Beetlejuice and Heathers to be like in her first four or five movies, I just like, wow. You know what I mean? Like, it's incredible how quickly she became the Winona that we know and love. So. Yeah, she didn't have many like little bit parts. It was always like starring, like her first, apart from her like first movie. Yeah. And even though you may be mired in the string of adaptations right now, at least you're not mired in a eight or 10 or 12 film stretch of Keanu stuck in high school in all like after school specials and stuff like that. So the grass may always be greener, but also could always be worse. I can tell you that much too. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. But thank you both for being a part of our network and for coming to talk to us about it today. Thank and you. go listen to Winona Forever. The episodes are generally shorter than ours, they're all very <laughs> insightful. They're, they, they cut to the point, you know, wreck a, a world expert like i feel like i don't know if this is fair to say but Lindsay obviously literally wrote the book on nicholas cage it feels like Rekka could almost write the book on winona Ryder. so definitely they are deaf there's a lot of insight and knowledge and fun <laughs> to be had every other wednesday winona forever and uh yeah so boys is coming up on october 3rd and then the crucible on october Ooh. 17th with oh, joey yeah. i'm on that one yeah Cool. Well, for all things Keanu Club and all things Winona Forever and all of our other now 20 shows on the network, we have a brand new show. Got to plug it here. X is for podcasts and X-Men experience. We've got Nico Vasillo. He was on Watch the Throne for That Thing You Do. And he was on your show for Alien 3. But he is most known for being a co-host on the Now and Again podcast. He and a rotating group of co-hosts are going through the X-Men comics because uh, his boyfriend Jonah wanted to, I guess, go deep into the X-Men universe. They talk about it. The first episode comes out this Wednesday, the 26th. So I'm not sure when this episode will be out. But around now, either soon or now available, the first episode of X is for podcasts and X-Men Experience is out. Uh, it's our first official foray into comic books. So go check that out as our 20th podcast. We've got a handful more launching this year, including two 
from me and Mike, which will be announced on our Watch a Throne podcast and also on cageclub.me on November 2nd, I think. But we've got a lot of things coming up here. So go check out Exit for Podcast, Winona Forever, the rest of Keanu Club, all of our stuff, cageclub.me, facebook.com slash cageclub, at cageclubpod on Twitter and Instagram. Email us. You can email, do we have an email address for the show or just a mailbag at cageclub.me? Just say hi. Multiple people had asked about Destination Wedding. People like hearing our takes on Keanu. We hope we did it justice. Brotherhood of Justice. <laughs> I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. And that was Lindsay Gibb and Rekka Tulsarum of the Winona Forever podcast. And we'll see you next time, probably for replicas, but who knows, right here on Keanu Club.